Thank you for tuning in to the Dr. Leslie Inspires podcast, where we empower, educate, and inspire mothers and sons to recognize, understand, and free themselves from difficult mother-son relationships. More on this podcast content can be found in Dr. Leslie's book entitled The Selfish Mother's Survival Guide. And you can get your copy today on Amazon. If you need to renew your mind, then you are in the right place. And now your host and mindset coach, Dr. Leslie. Well, welcome everyone back today. Last week when we spoke, we uh, had an interview with Dr. Lane. Sometimes I, I interchange Dr. Ethel, Dr. Lane. She was with us last week. And so the conversation was so rich. And before we actually went on the air, there were some other things that we wanted to talk about. But because the conversation was so rich, we did not even touch on that. So we knew we had to have her back and again, so that we could touch on some other topics that we wanted, mainly dealing with fathers. So before we get started, we're going to pray. And I did have Dr. Ethel pray us in and pray us out the other day. So I'm just going to ask her uh, to grace us with that one more time. Would you mind, Dr. Ethel? I do not mind. Let's bow our heads. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come to you in a manner of submission to your will. Father, we thank you that you have given us Jesus Christ as a bomb in Gilead to heal us everywhere we hurt. And tonight the topic is the relationships of mother and son as it relates to the mother's relationship with her father. And Father God, everyone that's on this line, on this call, Father, we ask that you touch them in a special way, heal them everywhere they, where they hurt. For those unspoken requests and those spoken requests, oh God, you are the, our creator and there is nothing too hard for you. Amen. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given me to share your word and share your love and share your peace with all of those who have tuned in. Father God, we ask that you bless Dr. Leslie in a special way and her family, the school. I did not mention the school on last night, but she has been such a blessing to me. And I know that every life that she has touched, that she has not left them the same. So we ask that you lift her up her family, all those that carry her blood in a special way on tonight. And Father, we're going to be forever careful to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise because you get the glory. Yeah. And Father, we thank you that these words of wisdom will fall on ears that can hear and hearts that can receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Dr. Ethel. I appreciate that. Before we get started, just want to mention my book, a lot of the topics that we talk about, we're talking about the Selfish Mother's Survival Guide. And it's not quite like what the title sounds like, but just enough to kind of pique, pique your interest. But as Dr. Ethel said in her prayer, mother-son relationships, mother-father relationships, daughter father relationships. We touch on all of that in the book. And so Dr. Ethel and I had a conversation in which she so candidly spoke about her relationship with her father from beginning to end. And I tell you, it is such a deep story that really can resonate with many of us. Many of us who have dysfunctional families, many of us who have just tried to, we stumbled our way into learning how to forgive. We've stumbled our way into learning how to love. We've stumbled our way into learning about God through relationships. So Dr. Ethel, as we get started, I, I don't even know where to start. So I just want to have the conversation once again and just allow you to come to us as you are. And just kind of talk about your relationship with your father as much as you feel led to share and as much as, you know, 
anything that you want to interject in between is all right with me. So, all right. Well, yours. my father met my mother when she was actually 12 and she got pregnant, not with me, with my older brother when she was 13. Okay. And my father was about 10 years older than my mom. My mom was my mom was tall. My mom was six two. So he had no idea that she was as young as she was. So I needed to give you the soil that I came in mm-hmm. so that you can understand the dynamics because every family has its own subculture. I don't think we talk about the subcultures. Even there's a subculture in the relationship between each child and the parent. So there, mm-hmm. and these are the dynamics that we're speaking of on tonight. And so my father wanted to marry my mother, but my mama didn't want to marry him. And so in the meantime, my dad being truly, and I've shown Dr. Leslie a picture and she can attest that my dad looks like Billy D. Williams, very handsome. Hmm. And as a result, my, my oldest brother, he, he died of SIDS at six months, but my dad got somebody else pregnant. And so her father made them get married. But my dad, by the time I came along, they, the wife had had a second child. And then there was between the first child and the second child, my dad had gotten somebody else pregnant. So as a result, there are four of us that are seven months apart by three different women. Wow. And I never lived in the house with my father, but he was always present. And because... My mother had multiple relationships, by, and I had several, but many baby daddies, not several is an understatement because by the time it was all said and done, it was four baby daddies. And then my mom married somebody else that was up in the Georgia Supreme Court to prove whether he was property or person. And mm. so I have a, a young brother that's 30, just turned 30, he'll be 31 this year. And my youngest sister, my mom's biological youngest child is 50. So a lot of times we have to explain the dynamics of where, how old my mom is and we got this young brother, but we, that's what we were taught. And I think because there were so many relationships and marriages on both of my parents' side, we were taught not to be step anything. Mm. They were your brother or your sister. And I've run across a lot of people that have problems accepting step in half. I was actually an adult before in my brain, I sat down and said, what is a step brother? What is a half brother? Mm-hmm. And so, but those terms were not used in our home. They were your, your, your brother or your sister. Okay. So as I shared with Dr. Leslie last night, my dad, when he came to our home, he was so loving I was the only living child left in the home, but he was always loving to all of my younger brothers and sisters. And everybody was happy when my dad came because Mm. he did not tear up the house. He came and I never physically lived in the house with him, but he brought me my first training bras and he was just an excellent father. And out of all of the relationships, my dad had the gift to always make me feel loved Hmm. in the home he made me feel special and so I didn't have any issues with the I mean that was my norm it was norm for him to come and go and and so I'm laying the foundation because we sometimes get caught up in watching tv and looking at everybody else's relationship and then you develop these issues in your heart because you're Family is not like somebody else's. Well, that was normal to me. Right. And I didn't prepare myself. So we got to deal with this comparison issue. But Dr. Leslie, in my seeking the Holy Spirit on what I should talk about tonight, I first want to bring the Bible in because that's the basis for everything Amen. that we believe, Dr. Leslie and I believe. And I have learned the spiritual principle, whatever emotionally I'm going through, physically, financially I'm going through. I always go find scripture to become my mantra. And I repeat what the word of God says about my situation, not Mm -hmm. my emotions, not what I'm feeling until I see 
change. Yes. However long that be, however, you know, there's, we're always looking for these steps, one, two, three, and the shortcuts, but there's no shortcuts in deliverance. It's however long it takes for whatever it takes Mm. for you to be free because you are worth the time and the effort to be all that God has created you to be. Yes. And your relationships. So let's first start. Um, I was led to share with you about the spirits. There are two spirits that work together and their abandonment and rejection. Oh, Lord. I, I'm sorry. I just contacted somebody today that did a previous interview. And much like yours, we didn't get to touch on it. But I but she talked about abandonment and rejection. And I just contacted her to come and talk about that very issue. It's so real. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I love and it. So, so as as it pertains to my father, even though he was present, but he wasn't physically in the house which caused me to start looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for a daddy. Mm-hmm. I ended up dating older men that were old enough to be my daddy. Mm. And I was just very, but I didn't know that's what I was seeking out at the time. So remember, we, I'm talking hindsight, okay? Yeah. Yeah. In the midst of all of that, and what what was so Amazing that I even learned tonight that when the Bible speaks of in Psalms and these and I go to the King James Version because that's my my generation and I can understand the these and the thous and it didn't bother me but you're free to go look at a version that you can receive from but I'm just going to be speaking from scriptures that are in the King James Bible and Psalms 27 and 10 King James again it says when my Father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. So we, a lot of times develop our relationship or uh, of our father. We base our relationship with God based on our relationship with our father, because that's what we know. That's been our blueprint of how we're supposed to interact with our father. Mm -hmm. If our father didn't abandon, had abandoned us, then sometimes we feel that God, because that's who we call father spiritually, has abandoned us as well. So I had to learn that those were the two spirits that I was dealing with in relationship with, with my father, with my husband's, my baby daddy, you know, all of these things, it was a, a running thing that no matter how much they told me they loved me, I just didn't believe them. Right. Because I felt some kind of way I had to earn their love. Mm-hmm. And then we do the same with God. You know, we try to, I'm not going to do this. We, we try to, I call it bribe God, mm-hmm. you know, and we, God love is unconditional. So it took me a long time to get to that unconditional love state and understand I had to first learn to love myself Jesus. unconditionally. You are preaching tonight. <laughs> We're talking a lifetime of reconditioning and throwing out and trying to come. Well, not trying because I am whole now. I'm whole because God says that I am. And whatever the issues that I have in my tissue, I'm free to go to God in prayer. And there's no condemnation. Amen. Amen. So back to the scripture. When I looked up in the Bible's, you know, familiar scriptures, it was funny that Psalms 27 and 10 was used both for abandonment and rejection. Mm, oh, that's good. So that that's a good scripture. And then the second one was 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God. For they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Mm. So in in relationship with my father, it was it was it was a, a level. I went through a season of I didn't realize that 
my mom has shared her hurt and her disappointment and the things that had happened in their relationship. And I had internalized those things. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I had to protect my mother from my father. Yes. That brought a dynamic to the relationship. And then after I became an adult and I realized I'm dealing with my father as if I'm my mother on my mother's behalf. And I don't have my own personal relationship with my father. Can you, can you expound on that? That's just a little bit more. Okay. We are conditioned by what we hear. Mm -hmm. And when like, it's like, I, I never talk negatively about my, my baby dad is my husband's to my children because I wanted them to develop their own relationship with their father. Mm -hmm. Not what had happened between us caused them to have a bad relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I mean by, I had to say what was my mom and what was me and truly what was my daddy because she was just giving me her version. Yes. And when you, when you think about it, he was hers first. She gave him away. Right. <laughs> yes. She didn't want him. So he was, de- so they're all, it's, it was funny that we're all, that is a common running thing with a lot of people that those spirits of rejection and abandonment, because mm-hmm. that's the soil of all of the dysfunction. Yes. And that's what we feed. So that's what I mean by having to stop and really analyze become but you need to be objective if the best you can and realize what's really why why am i angry with my father mm-hmm. sometimes we're angry yeah for no reason he hadn't done anything to you and you just got your mom's side Mm-hmm. And where she was at the time. And we talked about, you know, getting in adult relationships, you know, especially when you have adult children and your son goes out and marries somebody or in a close relationship and they have a falling out. And then what do you do? Do you get mad with her? Because and then a lot of times we find out if you do take your son's side. Then when they get back in love and you still mad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. So my mom is a great psychologist. And she always, she said to me one day, she's calm. She said, you know, you and your, your brother and his, his wife, they're going through their changes. But she says, and she called me to tell me what he said and what he had done. And she says, I mean, my mom says this, and she's so hilarious. She says, well, daughter, I want you to know both. I got both of my sides. I don't know whose side you're on. That's good. That's good. So she said, don't call me. Right. You, you all handle that. So I, you know, I, I really, I use that. I have permission to use that. And now, you know, dealing with adult children. And so, and then another thing I found that I was doing was I was, I had people that were close to me and I didn't realize I had taken on their behavior. So Mm -hmm. when they were having with their father, then I want to have one with mine. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, my daddy been good to me. What what am I, you know, so we have to be careful. Yeah. The conversation tonight is you have to be careful who you trust in your close circles and who you receive godly counsel from. Because a lot of people act out of hurt and disappointment. Mm-hmm. And you have to be careful that you are allowing the Holy Spirit to do his job in your life and in your heart. So. How were you able to actually forgive your dad? How were you able to separate the two, your mom's emotions and feelings and the things that she put inside of you from your own? And what was your breaking point that let you know you you needed to, you know, stop treating him that way or you needed to forgive him, you know, along with forgiving yourself? Was there a situation or a breaking point that told you, 
you needed to be your own. Yeah. Person. Yeah. It, the, the situation was my broken relationship with men. Mm-hmm. And I just got tired of the emotional roller coaster in my life. And I went to God and the Holy Spirit began to deal with my heart and show me me. Mm-hmm. And show me that it was stemming from the dysfunction of my parents' relationship. I got to plug it. I talk about that in here. Because <laughs> like you said, some of it is learned behavior. And when we don't realize that we are operating uh, out of rejection or we're operating out of uh, abandonment, those spirits that have controlled us so long. That was their job in the very, very beginning, you know? Yeah. So we've had it for so long. We don't even think anything is wrong. I talk about different attitudes that we have, different beliefs, learned behavior just by watching the women that we emulated, you yes. know? And we have had to unlearn some of those behaviors in order to be who God has now called us to be. So when those scales fall off of our eyes, like the scales fell off of yours, we got to look, we look at it. It makes us look at ourselves and say, I got to make a change somewhere because I'm going to keep getting the same old thing if I keep doing the same thing. And and, um, Dr. Leslie, you met my sister, Lahoma. I'm the oldest girl and she's the youngest girl. But she has the same husband. So I call her one day and say, look, I know I'm the oldest, <laughs> but you know something I don't know because you done stuck with yours and I done changed up and went back and changed up and went back. So, you yeah. know, I, I'm, I'm really missing something. And yeah. that's where the quality council comes in. You know, I always say that I'm not a, a fruit picker, meaning I'm not looking at your life to see what spiritual gifts you're exhibiting. But, you know, but if there should be some fruit somewhere, (laughs) I mean, some evidence. Mm -hmm. And so I knew because of the the conversation, uh, my mom, men are no good. It was, I was an adult before my mom had a healthy relationship with a man. Yeah. Before she changed and said, not all of them good, but bad. But, you know, she finally got a good one. So now soon, but I'm almost 40 years old. Right. But I knew not to get any relationship re- advice from her. Right. I, you know, <laughs> I knew that one, that much. Yeah. So, that, you know, that's where, you know, we have to forgive our parents because you got to remember they're working off of the best they know how. Mm-hmm. And that and, goes along with, with when you said you're the oldest and your sister Lahoma is the youngest. So I'm the oldest too. And that oldest, you know, there's no manual. They're trying to figure it out when they have yes. that oldest. And by the time they get to the youngest, they figured out some things, you yes. know. So, you know, Lahoma or that youngest one is also looking up the line saying, you know what? I don't want that. <laughs> yes, yes. I yes. gotta do something different. What are they doing? Cause I gotta make sure I don't do that. You know, Absolutely. yeah. And then, you know, as far as my relationship with my son, my sons, I have two. My dad always loved on them. So it was a good relationship. He was a great grandparent, but I seen my son struggle. Same thing, abandonment and rejection. And then I started praying to break generational curses in my family. Wow. Of that spirit of abandonment and rejection because both of my, my sons have had traumatic relationship and one of them kind of got it figured out. He and my daughter, she didn't, she didn't, she's no nonsense. <laughs> you know, she's just no nonsense, but she's been able to have a, a long-term relationship. And my, my oldest son, you know, he's still figuring it out, but I know he has the tools. We, we have to, the, and the tool that we all need is we have to go back to our creator. 
Mm. and allow there's a scripture that says Jesus was having a conversation with Peter and Jesus asked Peter who art thou and Peter said thou art the Christ and so Jesus said to Peter since thou have a revelation who I am let me give you a revelation of who you are (laughs) yes 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 and he said you, Peter, you're the rock and upon my church, I shall build a rock. And I'm paraphrasing, but that that's the story that I, that was one of my foundational spiritual journey scriptures that I can't even know who I am. Right. Because I haven't gone back to my creator for him to reveal to me who I am. Mm. And you know what? So sometimes that desire, when you talk about your oldest son, figuring it out. There's, you know, you look at, as we've grown 40, 50, 60 years old, and you have some people that never figure it out. It takes a lifetime. And you ask, and I want to ask this to you, do you think it takes that long to figure it out? Do we have to make all these mistakes? No. My response is, I was told that the the journey for the children of Israel was actually a three-day journey that took 40 years. Mm-hmm. Where you are, and God is loving, and he's patient, and he's merciful, and he's kind, it takes as long as your will takes mm-hmm. until you totally surrender. So the answer is no, it didn't take that long, but it, it does for some because that's the process they're taking themselves through. Mm-hmm. Because we want to do it our way and we think that we know better than God how we need to do this thing. And we keep Absolutely. figuring it out, fig- trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, bumping our heads. And one day, but I just get concerned that some people, I know some people, they're old. And you yeah. think, I mean, at what point are you going to stop this foolishness? If I can look at it, and say it. I wonder, like, is God keeping them here to kind of give them some more opportunity? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You want to you know, <laughs> I lost a very dear cousin April of 21. April 21 was April 21 was just brutal. I lost my my cousin who I had just literally given away in marriage. Mm. I lost my mom's oldest sister. In fact, the COVID was interchangeable between the two of them. And the day that they buried January was actually the day that my aunt passed, my mom's sister. Jesus. And then my dad, my brother passed in August of 21. My dad passed in September 21. My sister passed in December 21. Okay. So that is, it's just been... But my joy has been that I love them all and we made memories. I have memories of a lifetime. Yeah. And I'm so happy that I gave her away in marriage because had I not done that by faith, Mm. even pray, I remember, I'm like, okay, God, this wedding... I was literally in the hospital on tubes and oxygen planning her wedding. And I knew, I told her, she asked me, would I officiate? And I said, no, because I don't want, I don't want a chance. I'm believing God. I'm going to be at this hospital, but I want you to call my dear friend. And God allowed me to ordain her many years ago. And she's now our, a councilwoman at, at, from the city that I'm from. And she officiated the wedding for me. I was there. I was out of the hospital. Praise the Lord. But um, she officiated the wedding for me. Wow. And she was a size 26. And I pray and I say, Lord, I'm going to, we're going to pray. And we're going to David Bridal. And find this wedding dress. Because every time she talked to me, she found one and it was getting on my nerves. She's talking about this bow she wanted to put on. I'm like, a bow in a size 26? I don't think so. So, <laughs> But anyway, 
The Holy Spirit led us to David Bridles in Macon, Georgia, and we found the most gorgeous wedding dress. I don't know how much it cost, but it was on the $99 rack. Wow. And it was only one in a size 26 in the whole store. That was her dress. That was that her was dress. dress. The veil cost more than the dress. Wow. And so, you know, everything leads back to God and whatever the Lahoma taught me, whatever the it is. We we just want to name it it because that's what it is, it. Mm-hmm. And in order to have whole relationships, we mothers have to work on ourselves first. Because yeah. a lot of times we've had children and there's a book called Womology by Dr. C.J. Johnson. Mm-hmm. And she talks about the emotions that we're carrying in our wounds when we're having these children are going to the children. Yeah. And so as you heal, you have to allow time and space for your personal healing, as well as the, the relationships with your daughters and your sons and the fathers. Yeah. And so sometimes, you know, I, I've been personally having to deal with a lot of situations in my life early on. And I asked the Holy Spirit, why? He said, so that you will have compassion for my people. Ooh, you know what? That is it. Because you don't really have compassion when you haven't experienced certain things. Or I should say you have more compassion. I personally have more compassion for people when they lose someone. And I, I, it hit me because after I lost my mother, which was so, so, so painful to me, I mean, I, you start to think that everybody is experiencing that kind of pain, but it really depends on the relationship that they had with that person. Exactly. But you still have more compassion for people Because now it's like, I've experienced that and I don't like it. And I am so sorry. But before that, I would say the same thing. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. I was more sorry that they had to experience it and were going through that. But now that I have experienced it, I can empathize now along with my compassion. And I feel what they feel. And I am sorry. You know what I mean? It's a different kind of empathy. Yes, it is. And it's what do you need? Let me help you. I let me, what what, what can I do for you? You know, not just, oh, I'm so sorry. It's different. So my success in my relationships, in my business, in my, you know, just all aspects of my life have come from my direct, relationship Hmm. with Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to be my God. Yes. And the Holy Spirit is very audible to some. I, you know, I was gifted to start hearing the Holy Spirit at an early age. I shared with Dr. Jackson, I think the first time I was five and I didn't realize everybody can't hear the Holy Spirit for Mm -hmm. whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But I sought the Holy Spirit to help me have always sought the Holy Spirit. Even when I was out there in them streets, I still had sense enough to pray. (laughs) Right. Isn't that something? Yeah. (laughs) And know he was real to ask for instructions. Look, he was only going to let you go, but so far. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) He he would say, that's enough of that now. That's enough. Uh (laughs) So, you know, that's the, the back, that's the foundation of everything going in prayer, connecting back with your creator and allowing your creator to heal you everywhere you hurt. Mm. Because, you know, when you stump your toe, you don't know that toe. You take that toe for granted. But when it's stumped, (laughs) 
Oh my God. Everything, everything hurt. Make your head hurt. You can't think straight. It's just that toe needs some attention. <laughs> Wait, for Thanksgiving, my daughter's friend joined us for Thanksgiving and he uh -huh. just stumped his toe. And oh I said God. the same thing. And he was hopping along. You would have thought that he was Kunta Kente and his whole leg was cut off the way he oh was. Thinking, but it was that baby toe. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you know, when you, where, what, wherever you are hurting, it's affecting your whole life, whether you know it or not. Yeah. Just like a, when you, one part of your body is, because uh, it's all connected. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all connected. So I, ch in fact, to work on my relationship with my father, I literally chose a college that was close to my father. I moved to a whole nother state where my father was mm. to have time with him okay. and rebuild our relationship. So my mother had gotten me through high school graduation and literally dropped me off in college. And she tells a story that she called my father, told him, I got your daughter close by. I've done my part. Now it's your turn. So when I had my first son, my father was there, not my mother. Okay. So, you know, you have to make yourself available. Yeah. You can't just say, well, he didn't call me. You call. Mm -hmm. it, you you know what? At the, I had even when I went through a tumultuous relationship with my mother, Oprah Winfrey helped me understand what was going on with the dynamics of my mother. And I had to tell the enemy. And you can do the same with your father relationship. Look, my mother had me and she didn't abort me. She didn't leave me side the road even though somebody help, else helped raise me. Well, not raise me. I'm from South Georgia, and I can hear my home economic teacher, Mrs. Lewis, say, we raise cattle, but we rear children. So I just want to share that, Mrs. Lewis. <laughs> right, right. Somebody helped rear me. I told the enemy, you cannot have my relationship with my mother. You got to tell the enemy mm. he cannot. Have your relationship with your father. Mm. They did all they were supposed to do. They got you here. That's right. And the rest is on you. Mm. And so I prayed and I asked God with my mother and with my father. He gave me the idea to go to school in Florida to be close to him. That's what I was going to ask you. Was he in on that? The Holy Spirit was always. I mean, that, that's all the good advice I, I've gotten the, from people that were by God, sent by God to give me instructions. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's the end all, the starting and everything has been my relationship with God. Amen. And so, you know, he even strategically told me, you know, in order to rebuild your relationship with your mother, you got to get her up. That woman, so she was so strong. Everybody called her Sarge. So that let you know she didn't play. And when her friends were in abusive relationship, they would run the house because when no man coming up in Sarge's house getting nobody. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Hard to play. Mm -hmm. And so he told me, you got to get her on neutral ground. You can't, you won't, will, you will not win on her territory. Wow. You got to get her off her ground. So she loved the casino. And that's what I started doing, taking her to the casino. And those six hour drives in Mississippi, you got to talk about something. Mm, that's good. That's and good. then it may not look like what you want it to look like. You know, mm -hmm. so we started out just trying to be friends. Mm -hmm. And then we worked on, you know, friends and friends and friends. And then I had to forgive myself and her that our relationship didn't look like some other people's mother daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. It's what we had. We had to work with what we had. Right. And then, you know, I always say in relationships, 
before you can work on a relationship, you first got to have something to work with. Mm-hmm. So what are you working with tonight? Mm. Let me ask the difference between your relationship with her and your younger sister's relationship. Are they no, working on you, you said it earlier. <laughs> Two different women. <laughs> I learned I couldn't even share certain things that had happened between my, me and my mom with my sister because that wasn't her experience with her. She right. had figured it out. <laughs> right. She had literally figured it out. Yeah. I know for my sister, we are all 16 years apart. I, my mother is 16 years older than me. And I'm 16 years older than my sister. And so we used to call her spoiled. My goodness. We said that. We did that. But my mother was in a much better position when she came up. She came up with her father. You know, it was was very different dynamics. So... It it definitely the the relationship is different, but it's just that different. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't mean better or worse. It's just different. And then um, I find too now that we are older, we're not comparing, but times parents play favors, and that causes things in the relationship issues mm. in the tissue. Mm-hmm. And so the, uh, our parents, our mothers and fathers are human beings just like us. Yeah. And so, but you have to, my sister and I, we, we communicate mm-hmm. because as parents sometimes get older, they play siblings one against the other. And that's a whole nother show, Dr. Leslie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the father. So finding the strength and the love to make it right through forgiveness, through the unction and teachings of the Holy Spirit brought me wholeness. And I wish that for everybody who is listening tonight, that God again heals you everywhere you hurt. Yes. And allow you to be whole so that you can go out. And I found, you know, I look at the cross every day. I first have to go into the spirit realm and fill myself up spiritually mm-hmm. so that I'm able to go out, stretch out my hands and help others because I have received from above. Yes. And to be able to share. Therefore, I'm never empty. I can't depend on Dr. Leslie, my husband, my friends, and my family to fill me spiritually. That's not their job. Mm-hmm. It's a job for me and God. Because he deals with each individually differently. Yes. From their perspective. And I had to learn that. When I go out in the world, I'm meeting people that my father had never met. And I'm bringing back wisdom and knowledge from their experiences. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not the same daughter that my dad left last. Because I've been out in the world and I've learned some new things. Right. And my dad just, you know, some people are just set in their ways. I, I, I love to find out. I would, I, that's one of the things I used to want to do with my dad. My dad said, I don't eat that. I don't eat everybody's cooking. And he was an excellent chef. He even owned a restaurant at one time in, in our, my life. Okay. And so we, I had to learn to lead people where they are. Mm. And what I mean by that is I believe everybody has a right to be happy, whatever your definition of happiness is. Mm-hmm. But you're responsible for that. No other person on this on God's green earth can be can make you happy because you're schizophrenic. 
What yeah. you want at 10 is not the same thing you want at 20, at 30, <laughs> or 40. Right. <laughs> right. So how can you have these unrealistic expectations of what we think a person ought to be in our lives? And I think it goes with mother-daughter, mother-son, in all our relationships, spouse, spousal relationships, all of that. Yes. At the end of the day, and, and I and also I want to put a plug in for your book, Dr. Leslie. Just it's wonderful. I'm gonna, I have it, the new book, I have it. Mm-hmm. I just need you to take the time to go back in some quiet time because I just thumbed through it because I was getting ready to travel, but I'm going to go back and, and reread it. Let me tell you, Dr. Lane, it is a to me, this was inspired by the Holy Spirit, but it it was before my mother passed away, although she did not get to read it because by that time uh, it was finished. She was sleeping a lot and she was getting thicker, uh, but she knew that I was writing it. And some people at the repast were telling me, oh, yes, your mother told me about the book that you were writing. But okay. to me... This book is talking about forgiveness, but it talked a lot about my mother and her 16-year-old journey towards me and her other children. And after, I I didn't fully, fully understand what I was doing when I was writing it. But after I wrote it, after going to her repast, after watching certain things and things coming to my remembrance after her passing i can i can't talk more about this book i can't talk enough about it because it it just shows the work that god was doing in me during yes. her journey that cuz i was part of her journey i mean it her journey changed me just being yeah. close to her, you know, during that time. So this book yeah. came from her journey and it is every single thing that you talked about tonight, but, <laughs> I, but it's personal on yeah. my side. It's personal. Yeah. And there are things that I probably would have never talked about, but God freed me up. He delivered me enough to, yeah. to talk about some things that uh, I probably would have never talked about. And my mother um, was a very private person too. So some of those things, it was like, yeah, I'm I'm free. I'm free. Yeah. This is part of my journey. So I'm going to talk about it because it's not for me. The reason right. that you're here tonight is not for you. Oh. There's somebody who's going to hear, even if it's one person that God leads to hear this podcast, it is for her. Everything that you said will drop her to her knees and she will thank God that you said that one thing that destroys the burdens, that yoke removing, burden destroying power of the Holy Ghost. That's what's coming out of your mouth tonight. Yes, yes. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Yep, it's not us. As we prepare to close, because I think you have, as usual... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you have said some strong golden nuggets that we yes. will keep with us. What What is God putting on your heart to tell a woman just about whatever it is? Because you always speak speak with such wisdom. I know he's got something that you need to tell somebody. It, the running thing was to look at your heart and see if there's abandonment and rejection in your heart. There's nothing too hard for him if you give it to him. He will heal you every way you hurt. So I'm going to let you just close us out in prayer. All right. I want to just thank you again. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and just sharing what was on your heart about this particular topic. It's it's so many different ways that uh, you can go on this, but thank you. You're more than welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. Now let us bow our heads.
Father God, we just thank you that you are just that. You are our father and that you love us unconditionally. Father, we ask that everybody on this line tonight, that the podcast touch them, allow them to share with another individual the love that you carry in your heart for us and that you desire, not just only us, you desire for us to be whole. And you made us to be whole. So we're going to take the liberty that Jesus died and bled on the cross so that we may have life and have that life abundantly. Father, we're going to give you a prayer of thanksgiving in advance for abundant life on tonight. That you give us the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding to heal father daughters, father sons, mothers, sons and siblings, every, all of the family dynamics, whether they're bonus family members or biological families. Father, we're all one family in you. And we just thank you for your love and for your grace and for your mercy. We thank you, Father, as this is a season of traveling and we're coming, you know, we have traveled near and far, and now we're settled back into our lives and our homes and in our routines. Father, let our relationships not be routine, Mm. but be loving and kind and be what you would have them to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know you are in Guinea, West Africa right now, so we're on a you're five hours ahead of us. And so right yes. now, it's basically, it's about 10 o'clock. So yes. it's my bedtime. that's my bedtime. So you have done well <laughs> in being with us on tonight. So thank you, Dr. Lane. God bless you until the next time that we meet. All right. Peace and blessings, my love. Peace and blessings. Bye-bye. loved this episode. If that sounds like you, please consider helping someone else by rating, reviewing, and following the show. This helps us support more mothers and sons and move them toward the peace of mind they desire. And if you want to be a part of the DLI community, send us an email at info at drlesleyinspires.com and be sure to include your name and email address so that we can add you to our email list for updates. For additional resources, you can visit our website at www.drlesleyinspires.com.